We're talking today about being on top of our world. This is our new series as we come into the month of October. And uh, the, the subtitle today is State of My Heart. And this is probably one of the most important topics I think we could address in life because so much of our life is the result of our heart. And so much of what's happening around us is actually the result of what's happening in us. So to be on top of my world, I mean, that's a nice thought, right? You know, isn't that, it's a cute idea to be on top of my world. But you know, sometimes that can feel impossible. And I'm sure if you've got children and you've got young children, that could feel impossible. I feel like there's times where I get on top of my world and then something new comes. And now I've got to get on top of my world again. And I'm feeling like, am I ever going to be on top of my world? It can seem elusive. But we live in a, 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 an outside-in world. Do you know what I mean by that? Come on, talk to me, church. Don't just watch, come on, talk. Outside-in world. So, so everything that's on the inside is the result of what's on the outside. However, God is an inside-out God. What's happening on the outside flows from what's happening on the inside. So Jesus didn't come to buy you a new car. He came to fix your heart. And then in fixing your heart, your world starts to shift. And being the car is not what it's about. Getting things is not what it's about. Because I've seen people who have a lot, but are empty. They dress well. They've got new jackets, new shoes. But you can see in their face that their world is empty. They can't smile. They've got no hope. What would it be to gain the whole world but lose your soul? So to be on top of my world, how do I be on top of my world? I think to be on top of my world is not to control everything around me, but to gain leadership and rulership over my own soul. There's a great proverb that says, uh, he who rules his own soul is greater than he who rules a city. It's one thing to win in life and we live in you know Instagram world right so who knows how how you win you know because I think I'm winning at this and then I look and I see somebody else who's better and so now am I winning or am I winning based on comparative analysis is it based on what they're doing how do I know if I'm winning how do I really know if I'm on top of my world and I want to tell you today that the way you win in life it all comes back to the state of your heart. If you can rule this, the rest looks after itself. Daniel 11 verse 32 says, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Know, be, do. You might have heard me say this before, know, be, do. Not do, be, know, know, be, do. I was doing some maths the other day and I realised that the no and the be is two thirds of that equation. The doing is one third. So how much of my life is consumed on what I do? Because a lot of us live with two thirds spent on doing and the leftovers left on the knowing and the being. But what would happen in our lives if we started to invest in knowing God, being strong, and then let Him lead us in what to do. So Lord, speak to us this morning. Give us wisdom. Teach us 
Grow us, strengthen us, help us. Whatever chaos we may be facing, we thank You, Lord, that You have wisdom for us today in Jesus' Name. They all said, Amen. Thank Wilson. Yeah, come on. Thank you, Wilson. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Proverbs 15.13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful. Come on, everyone, smile. Just, come on. Yeah, just do it. Just smile. Just smile. You know, sometimes if you just start smiling, you'll feel like smiling. <laughs> you can teach yourself to smile more. Just I tell myself, smile all the time. Or just smile. Remember to smile. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Anyone heard of David? Heard of young guy David? Have you heard of him? Want to talk to me? Yeah, yeah. David, young man. At the time when we're going to read this, he is, a, he is a shepherd boy. Just means he looks after the sheep of his father, Jesse. And that's his job. You know, like it's, it's just his job that he's faithful with. You know, it's just what he is in charge of. And so he looks after the sheep. And that's a big deal, but also it's a hidden job. Nobody sees you. He's out the back. And then his brothers, they look far more impressive. They're bigger, they're taller, they're stronger. They've got arms like Ronnie and they just, they just hang out and... And they, they, they are there and into town comes Samuel the prophet. And Samuel's like the guy at the time who tells everybody what's gonna happen. He's like, Pastor Phil, you know, just prophet, you know, oh, this is gonna happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes in and, and Samuel, he's there and he's, he's there to choose the next king. And he comes to Jesse and he says, Jesse, God sent me to choose the next king from your family. Can you bring in all your sons? So Jesse says, aye, aye, Captain, I'll get my sons. Sons! And they come walking in and they're massive and they're handsome and they're strong and they come walking in. And Samuel looks at one guy and he's, oh, he's impressive. He's kingly looking. And then God interrupts him. And we're gonna look at this, go there. 1 Samuel 16, verse seven. Just verse seven, look at this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance, or his hide, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look. Hello. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But God, I didn't make this up. I mean, this works perfectly with my message. I didn't even make it up. This is God speaking. But the Lord looks at the heart. This is what God looks at. And as Jesse is lining up his sons, he goes through son one, nah. Son two, nah. Son three, nah. Son four, nah. Son five, nah. Bible times, a lot of sons. Son six, nah. Son seven, nah goes through the whole list of sons. And I could imagine Samuel would be like, surely God, you know, look at this guy. None of them. And then in a moment of terrible parenting, Samuel says to Jesse, do you have any more sons? And Jesse's like, no. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. But you don't wanna. No, he's not a king. 
He's a shepherd, you know. He's not a king. And Samuel says, well, you know, let's find out. Go get him. So the, the, the servants go, Je- not Jesse, David, David. And they run and David comes in and he stands there before Samuel. And, and Samuel says, this is the guy, this one, not those others. This guy is the guy. Why? Because of the state of his heart. Everyone say heart. Come on, say it with heart. Say heart. Heart. Hearty heart. Heart. God looks at the heart. That is what God weighs up. God's not looking at you based on your appearance. He's looking at your heart. But so much of what is happening on the outside is a result of what's happening on the inside. So God's first priority is your heart. How is your heart? How is it? What? Is your heart full of? If you were to do a heart check, what would be the predominant things that dominate your heart? What, what are the predominant things that live in there? Are you, are you bitter? Are you got people that you need to forgive? What, what's in there? Are you full of disappointment? What's in your heart? Because that is what God is looking at. Okay, so I'm gonna give you three characteristics of a good heart. You ready? So you can write this down. We take notes. If you're not taking notes, you can start today. Get out your device, you know, steal a pen, write it in blood. I don't care. Just take notes today. He's gonna help you. It's gonna help you. Three characteristics of a good heart. This is kind of gonna be a bit of a teaching, okay? So, because I know in my life, my heart is really important. Great scripture that says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you do a lot of speaking, you need to do a lot of care of your heart. Because if I'm not taking responsibility for the state of my heart, my mouth is gonna say some dumb things and I can't afford my mouth to be unruly. I've gotta lead my mouth and I lead my mouth by leading my heart. Everyone say heart. So number one, a good heart feeds on good things. A good heart feeds on good things. Luke 6 verse 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good, hello, stored up in his, come on church, talk to me, in his heart. For the mouth speaks, there it is, what the heart is full of. What, what dominates your diet? What, what is the things that you feed on? You know what I'm saying, Josh? Like what, what is the concept? If you were to look at your Monday through to Sunday, your, your nine till five, your whatever time you wake up, you know, hopefully before nine, if you've got work at nine, you know. And so, so we, what is the, the diet of your day? What is it filled with? What are you feeding on? A good heart feeds on good things. And if I want a plant to grow, I need to water it. And whatever I water will grow. If I water negative things, guess what? Yeah, they grow. Negativity will grow if you water it. How do I water things? By giving it attention. What are you attending to? What 
dominates your mind, your heart? What are you listening to? Come on, church. What are the things that you're feeding on? Because if you keep feeding on the past and feeding on your mistake, that's what will grow. And do you know that God is not thinking about your past errors? Did you know that? Thank you, Jesus is right. Thank you, God, that He's not. God, you know, I've heard Pastor Phil say this and I love it. He says, you know, some of us have a, a good memory and that's good, but a lot of us need to get a better forgettery. Because <laughs> we, we remember the things we should forget and we forget the things we should remember. And you can't remember what is good because your mind is dominated by what's bad. What are you feeding on? Change your diet. What you focus on, you, you, you become more aware of. You know, one time I bought um, some new shoes and they were great shoes. Like they were really beautiful shoes. White shoes, I love shoes. Who likes shoes? Anybody like shoes? Come on, ladies, talk to me. Okay. I, I'm, I, and Ash. Yeah, yeah. I love shoes. I do. I, just, I, I could just have thousands of shoes. I just love shoes. Anyway, so I bought this new pair of shoes, walked in there, and let me tell you, let me tell you, these were unique. Nobody had these shoes. And I walked in and I said, these shoes, I have never seen these shoes. Ruby, I said, give me those shoes. They told me how much. I said, I don't care. Just give them to me. I bought the shoes, walked out wearing these shoes. And everywhere I looked were these stupid shoes. Everybody had them. They were everywhere. I, 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 I got to say that I thought they were unique. But because I'd seen them, now I could see them everywhere. It wasn't that they weren't there before. That's what's crazy. It wasn't like people heard, oh, Alex is buying shoes, let's get them. (laughs) Nobody did that. People already had them. I just couldn't see it. God is already working in your life. You might just not be able to see it because you've not been focusing on the right things. Come on, church. We're in a live church around here. God might be doing things in your midst, but you're missing it. Not because He's not present, but because you haven't trained your heart and your mind to see. What you focus on, you become more aware of. What are you feeding on? Every morning of my life, I have my voice recorded in my phone, reading scriptures about who I am in Christ. And I listen to it. And I stole some Elevation music. You know, they have this track and it's like got no singing and Ryan would know all about it. I got this track and I, I just pressed play on my laptop and then I got my phone and I got Joyce Meyer and I said, hey Joyce, you're gonna help me out? And she has scriptures, like 45 scriptures about who I am in Christ. And so I got the scriptures and I got the backing track to inspire me. And then I got my phone and I read out the scriptures. And I listened, five minutes of me talking to me, crazy I know, and I listen to it every single morning. Ask my wife, she's sick of it. (laughs) Every morning. And it's me saying things to me about me according to what God says about me. 
That is good. It's me talking to me about me and what God says about me. Some of you need to talk to yourself more. You're too quiet. You need to talk. Say, Alex Lee is strong. Alex Lee is blessed. Don't say that. Say your name. (laughs) Say, I am favoured. I am loved. When was the last time you told yourself something that God has said about you? Stop listening to everybody else and take control. Take responsibility for the state of your heart. I own this thing. The devil doesn't own it. People don't own it. My business doesn't own it. Instagram doesn't own it. I own it. My heart, my responsibility. Everyone say that. Say that. One, two, three. Say, my heart, my responsibility. What are you feeding on? These these are the Scriptures I listen to. I'm going to read you some. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I am a partaker of His divine nature. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and I am not my own. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. What are you feeding on? And I do think it's something powerful in your voice. Because as I'm talking, so are you. I say something and it goes through your filter. And your filter is your mind, which is trained by your heart. You could write that down, that's a good point. Your mind is trained by your heart as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so I need to take responsibility for the state of my heart and what I'm dwelling on. And as I'm speaking to you, you're hearing what I'm saying through the filter of what you're saying. So I say, God loves you and you goes into your filter and there's a thousand more words than the one word I speak to you going on in your mind. Your mind is processing through the words that it's been trained to hear. So I say, God loves you, but you have words in your, your head that say, God doesn't love me and I'm a bad person and my parents and my past and my this and my that. And so you hear things, but you say, that's not for me. It's for everybody else, but not me. And what's hilarious is everybody has a reason why it's not for them. I do too. But you don't need a reason based on you. You've got a reason. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the reason you have access to God. You are righteous because of your position in Him. Righteousness is positional. It's not behavioural. I behave righteous because I am positioned in His righteousness. I am right with God, righteous, right with God because of Jesus. When you come before God, He doesn't look at you. He looks at Jesus. And then He says, because of Him, you have access. If you come in the Name of Jesus, you have access in that Name. So you need to feed your heart so that your mind is trained to hear 
the Word of God. Amen? Everyone all right? Come on, talk to me. You're doing good? Point two. Here we go. A good heart has a strong guard. A good heart has a strong guard. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else. It doesn't say, if you have time. (laughs) It doesn't say, if you can spare a moment to fit it in, in your busy schedule with your work and your kids. It doesn't say, if, if you remember to think of this. No, it says, above all. Not a few things. All else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now this was interesting. Listen to this. That word guard means garrison. This is really good. It, it, it doesn't mean to be guarded. It means to have a garrison. Okay, so if I'm guarded... To be guarded would mean I, I, I don't let good things in and I don't let, uh, sorry, I don't let bad things in and I don't let good things in. I'm guarded. I've got a hard heart. That is not what the Scripture is saying. It is not saying pick a fight with everybody and be on edge and be really like, I'm, I'm guarding my heart. No, that is not what it is saying. It's saying, guard your heart, garrison your heart. What is a garrison? A garrison is soldiers at the door. You ever been to a party? Oh, Lord Jesus, we just pray, God, for more invites to parties. We thank you, Lord, for social activity. In Jesus' Name. Some parties have bouncers. You go to the party and come to the door and there's the bouncer, big guy, and they got a list. And on the list is names. And if your name is on the list, you get in. You just come right in. You walk up, you say, hi, my name's, you know, John. And they say, great, John, you can come in. Another guy comes and say, hi, my name's Barry. And they say, no, Barry, you can't come in. You're not on the list. This is the same picture of a garrison. If your name is on the list, you can get in. If it's not, you can't. Meaning, there are things on the list of, at the door of my heart that I let in. Equally, there is a list of things at the door of my heart that do not get in. Who is the garrison? The Holy Spirit. He is the soldier at the door of your heart. And if you will invite Him in, if you will prioritise your relationship with Him, He will be like a garrison. And things that are good, He'll say, come on in. Things that are not good, He'll say, no. There's this beautiful Scripture, says, where is it? It says that whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is good, dwell, think, meditate on these things. Guard your heart. Now look, we, I do feel like we need to get a little bit more angry about this. I do, I do. I do. I think we need to get more intentional and upset about this because we're way too nice. We are. And just because you're a Christian, you know, you have to be really nice. One time I went to my physiotherapist. I think I told you this, but I'm going to tell you again anyway, so shut up. So I went there and I, 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 I went there and uh, she asked me what I do for work and I said I'm a pastor and she goes, oh, that's so nice. 
And I vomited in my mouth as she said that. This is not just about being nice. Christianity is not just nice. Yes, it is. Jesus is nice. We will greet you nicely at the door, amen. But this is about power. When Jesus rocked up, dead people rose. Blind eyes were opened. He wasn't just nice. He has power to change your life. So we need to get a little bit angry, you know, about this? Because we let too many things in. If I came to your house with a bag of rubbish, I just knocked on the door, didn't even knock, just kicked the door down, walked in, got the bag of rubbish, threw rubbish all over the room, came into the bedroom, just threw the rubbish, came into the TV room, just threw rubbish. If I just covered your house in rubbish, what would you do? Would you say, oh, thank you so much? Come again. You would chase me out of there with a baseball bat telling me never come back here. Why is it that when it comes to the rubbish that wants to get into our heart, we don't have the same attitude? You do not come in here. You do not live here. Negativity, shame, guilt, depression, anxiety, fear, worry. You don't live here and I'm gonna chase you out because I got God with me. I got the Holy Spirit in me. You don't live here. If you can tell I'm pretty passionate about it because I think we're too tolerable with these things. We should be tolerant of people, but not tolerable with the rubbish that wants to get in our heart. A good heart has a strong guard. Last point, a good heart has pure motives. Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure, see. Pure, see. This word purity is talking about to be without mixture. We think this is about being a perfect person, but it is not. It is about being pure, meaning being one. A pure substance is one. It does not have mixed substances. And you will be able to see when your heart is pure. If you're having trouble seeing, if it's feeling like you're looking through a a foggy window, don't try and clean the window. Do something about the heart. Why do you do what you do? Motive lives in the heart. Why? You want to be a preacher? Why? You want to be a leader? Why? You want to do something great for God? Why? You want to you want to have finances? Why? You want to be successful? Why? In this church, our reason is pure. We do not have a hidden agenda. Our agenda is very clear and simple. It is to bring people to know Jesus, to find Christ-centered community and to discover God's purpose for their life. We are pure. We don't have hidden agendas. Don't bring your hidden agendas. Lay them down. This is not about you. And that's in a church setting. But what, what is happening in your heart? Is it pure? Because when our heart is pure before God, we begin to see Him clearly. If you can bow your heads, close your eyes, I'm done. A good heart feeds on good things. A good heart has a strong guard and a good heart has pure motives.
And this purity, this cleanliness of heart is not something you do in your own effort. David says this, search me, Lord. Know my every thought. Know what's happening in my heart, God. And that's the prayer. Lord, I open my heart to You. If there be anything crooked, if there be any mixed motives, come, align them, clean them, do a new thing. 